This is the Photo Experiment Podcast, brought to you by PhotoBiz X. So I'll just I'll just do a quick intro. So I've just arrived in Cardiff uh, from Ireland, and Rahim Mustafa he's generously put me up for a, for a night tonight, and he picked me up for the airport, and I've just arrived back at his place, and Lionel Taplin, one of the premium members, has turned up. He's driven down from Bristol. And to say good day, which is awesome. We just started chatting business, so I thought, let's record this. So, welcome, Lionel. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? <laughs> is it Lionel? Because I see Lionel Jojo. Yeah, it's just Lionel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, What's just, the Jojo? Oh, um, um, so uh, my middle name's Joey. My real middle name's Bart. People used to, uh, my friends call me Jojo, but a lot of time people call me Lionel nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get yeah, Jojo anymore. Just, I don't matter. Call me whatever you want. <laughs> So we were just chatting and, you, and we were talking about the, the Photo Business membership and you came on like so early on, it must have been nearly four years ago, probably yeah. four years ago now. Yeah. And you had just gone, you just started shooting weddings, so what were you doing before that? Well, before weddings I was um, a music photographer, so I started um, photographing festivals and bands in venues around Bristol. And... Uh, the, yeah, and just kind of hung out with bands as well, went on tour with bands, so that's what um, I did before weddings. Any money? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> that was the only trouble with uh, shooting music back then, is there's always other people willing it to do for free, but I was just doing it for fun, You're right. getting practice in, doing... So you had a full-time job at the time? Yeah, I had a full-time job. Which so was? Worked in selling insurance at a bank. <laughs> So an office job. Yeah, it was a it was a terrible office job. I hated it, and um, it was money. But then I just kind of decided that I really didn't want to sit in an office all my life. <laughs> the irony is, I'd probably sit in an office <laughs> a lot of the time now doing editing. <laughs> but at least it's for you. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you were when you were shooting the music stuff and the festivals, did you did you go into that with the expectation that you might be able to make an income? No, not at all. I I basically, it kind of had a snowball effect when it was music because I used to go out out with bands and then they'll play a festival and then the festival would inquire about the photos and then they'll ask me to come back a year later to solely shoot for them. But generally the festival was quite small and they had like a quite small budget and I appreciate that. I thought, "Um, you know, I can um, work something out, maybe just get me in, give give me food, give me drinks and see what happens really. So I didn't have any expectations from... uh, from making any money from music photography. So it's really just the, the, the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As a photographer. Yeah, I mean, I did try to make money from it by um, getting get myself out there for, to hire, for bands to hire me to shoot the weddings. I mean, to shoot, the, um, shoot their band portraits. But, again, a lot of the bands didn't have much money. <laughs> so it's just kind of, where do I go from here? Like, I can't really make money from something I really really enjoy yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. and I did try to make money from it but uh, like I said uh, I, that wasn't my goal for it <laughs> sorry Ryan's, <coughs> Ryan's coming he's making a cup of tea that's him pitter pattering around the, uh, the kitchen we're recording mate but uh, you can come and say good day as well <laughs> sorry to interrupt you I've got that that's on that's alright that's alright it's real life <laughs> I should say that the noise in the background is the washing machine, which Rahim didn't know how to operate. He had to phone his wife to get instructions. And I know how to kill spiders and put the bins out. <laughs> awesome. Um, 
So, Lana, I was just saying before that uh, when I interviewed Paul Holland a little while ago, he was shooting some festivals and getting paid. Yeah. So, is that a, is that a different setup where you're not working for the bands? You're working for the festival organizer. Yes. If you're um, if you're working for the actual festival organizers, you, that's when you get paid. Um, they'll give you a budget and they'll give you a kind of uh, a shot list to do. And actually, I it was only until this year where where a festival who I worked with before who was shooting for free actually asked me to come back and shoot and actually pay me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you do it? I did it. I mean, it's just a one-day festival. It was uh, shooting Paloma Faith and um, I loved it. It was a lot of hard work to go into it because you had to do a short list of... I wasn't there to shoot the bands. I was there to shoot the crowd and shoot the people having fun. But, um, yeah, they, and they, they were... They actually contacted me because I haven't heard of them for like a couple of years since I last did their festival, and they just said, "Do you want to come officially shoot for the festival? Wow! And we'll pay for you." And I was like, "Wow!" Out of the blue, I was like, "Okay, I don't really do music festivals anymore. I might as well do it." And yeah. it was uh, early on the year, so I, it was, I had a free free weekend to do it. So you must have made an impression with your band stuff earlier. Yeah, that, I think that's it. And I think they went through a few years getting people to do it for free. But obviously, they kind of then realised actually, if you want to kind of focus that we want, we might have to pay for it, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's what happens with a lot of the, these kind of bands and festivals. They get to a certain stage where we could hire all these people, hire them for free. But then, do you know what? If we wanted to get someone, I wouldn't say my stuff's amazing, but you know, if you want to get someone who you worked with before, I think because they worked with me before, that's when they realised. I wouldn't say mine was. No, the best work they've ever seen but because I had that rapport and before they wanted to come back and offer to to, to pay me yeah and I was a, it was a small team it was just me and, and four other photographers so um, how different was it shooting for money as opposed to for beers and food uh, you're there to do a job I guess <laughs> so at, um, before I was just kind of taking it as it comes really casual I'd do it and I'll take photos and not really worry too much about it. But this year, when I went to do the festival, I had a shot list to do, and I had a I had a um, I had a brief that I had to complete by the end of the the day, and I had to produce the photos within within 24 hours so that they could get right. it out on their social media and things wow. like that. So <laughs> it was a lot more kind of kind of professional. You know, you have to be much more professional. You you got. Um, but luckily, you know, from doing weddings for the last three years prior, you know, I just got on with the job. Yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how does it work then? Because you're shooting for the, the festival organiser. They want to use those photos on social media and for advertising, possible posters in the future, whatever. Yeah. Are you, do you have to get model releases signed or do people sign a waiver when they <coughs> pay? They, the, the festival kind of um, sorts it out themselves. So whenever you, um, whenever you go to a festival, you buy the ticket... They've got this long list of terms and conditions, and within those terms and conditions, they'll say that they have professional photographers take your photo and they can use your right when you step into their okay when they so step part into of their, their terms yeah, and conditions, part of their terms when you conditions. Buy a yeah, when you buy a ticket, when they, whenever you enter their grounds, they're able to take photos of you. Wow, <laughs> interesting, interesting. I don't know if it's everywhere, but in the UK, it's generally that it makes sense, yeah. it probably is. It probably so, we just you know, we get hired as private contractors just to, to just to follow the brief. Right, really. So, so you just we still we still own the copyrights of the photos, but they're able to use it for their own marketing. Right, that's you own the copyright still. Yeah, because uh, in the UK, that's right, isn't it? In the UK, we own the copyrights. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Universal, isn't it? 
the photographer always retains copyright. Not in Australia. Unless you're booked. For uh, commercial. Yeah, like when I was booked by the BBC, they owned it. But that was part of the buyouts kind of yeah. thing. You know, so it's like, hey, you press the button and give us the photos. Yeah. yeah. But generally. Generally, we, yeah, in the UK, the yeah. photographer. In Australia, yeah. it depends if it's a commercial job or a domestic job. So, right. so if I'm a portrait photographer in Australia uh, or, or a wedding photographer and a client hires me to photograph yeah. their, their wedding or their family, that client owns the copyright unless they sign a contract and they oh, sign really? copyright to me. Uh, so that, that's why we have to get a contract signed. Wow, it's the other way. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also found that quite fair. In that you can understand yeah. why they do it because mm. like, you get that all the time. People over here, I think they assume yeah. that they own the, the photos by default if they book you. Because you know, they've commissioned you to well, do a photo yeah, shoot for like, them. You, know, you don't go to a shop and then buy something and then the shop still owns it. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, it's fine. It's not a lease. I, this is my car. That's what it is. That's yes, the lease. You're yeah. leasing the photos. Yeah, exactly. The but they don't know that. See, and then, you know, so I think that's uh, something either you should, well, you put in your terms saying yes. that I, as a photographer, retain the copyright. But don't worry. Doesn't mean this and that and the other one. You can still do what you like kind of stuff to a certain extent. Yeah, so we assign usage rights. And, yeah, uh, and, and that's what you do. Yes, and commercial photographers will actually have stipulations. They can use them for, say, 12 months for, for these. Yeah, and then it gets complicated. So yeah, a lot, again, a lot of people, small businesses, they're like, what is this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just want to have the photos. Yeah, yeah exactly. So how, how did you go from that to weddings? From the music to, well, back, in the, uh, back when I first started doing weddings, um, well, um, I didn't really want to go to weddings. <laughs> I kind of accidentally fell into it. My friend, basically short, um, long story short, my friend was getting married in Italy and wanted me to, because I did his band's photos before and he said, uh, do you want to come along to shoot my wedding? I said no initially. <laughs> and he said, how about if I pay for your flight and pay for everything? I was like, oh, Italy, would be nice. <laughs> I shot his wedding. I actually really liked it. It's my first wedding in Italy. Kind of a, you know, so your very Oops. first wedding and it was in Italy yeah and um, when I came back it got picked up by a blog <laughs> pretty kind of big blog in the UK um, but I didn't really do anything about it <laughs> I could have I could have made something more of it but um, uh, I just kind of yeah did the wedding in Italy came back and enjoyed it and I thought oh I could do a few more and that's basically how it was but I could have made more of the fact that he got picked up by a blog and yeah. in Italy but back then I didn't know what how the biz, wedding businesses ran I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to promote myself I was just like I just did a wedding in Italy wow. it was pretty nice so I don't know if you remember the interview with Gabe McClintock yeah. the Canadian photographer so he, he was already in business but he one of his uh, weddings was submitted to a blog or got picked up and it went pretty much viral yeah. and that was that was him off <laughs> which you probably don't want to hear yeah. no, I didn't think I went viral but uh, <laughs> it did kind of it, it, maybe if it did pick up traction I wasn't there to kind of move it along yes okay. just looking back on it obviously hindsight's a good thing having a business now you, you know you would probably promote it more but I didn't right promote it so you were still working at the bank at this stage um, yeah I was still, still working at the bank and then I just I think from without more, that moment I got so sick of the bank I decided you know what I might just go full time wow with it well how many other weddings did you have booked I had like five booked but they were all like really kind of cheapy weddings more to build up my portfolio right when you say cheap how much oh, I don't know about five four five hundred pounds right okay. <laughs> which um, yeah so less than a thousand dollars Australia I just wanted to I just wanted to pick up some yep. portfolio I tried to 
I tried to um, assist and second shoot, but no one would come back to me with it. Right. So I was like, okay, I might as well just do it, get on Gumtree. It's, I probably wouldn't advise it now to do it that way, <laughs> but I had to, I had to, I had to do it somehow. And luckily, it was a kind of learning experience, really. So, so was your because you have a wife and kids? Yeah. Was, was your wife working? Yeah, that, we were in a lucky position where my wife was, and you know, enough money to cover me being off work for maybe a year. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, so it took yeah. a, did it, is that how long it took to really get established? Yeah, well, um, it was kind of, it's actually just, a, the, the, the wedding side of it was such, it was such a slow progression because I had uh, young kids as well. I kind of just did it when I had time to do it and I was terrible at marketing myself. So I would do these weddings but then I would just like sit on them and I just didn't know what to do, how to market myself, and that's when I kind of started listening to your po- you know, your podcast, just to get kind of what do I do now? <laughs> if I'm going to be a wedding photographer, so it, it was kind of it was kind of like just a really haphazard, take it as it comes approach to the business. Which looking back at it, it was it was it was so kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't advise anyone to do the way I did it. <laughs> Definitely not. I, was well, like, I think a lot of people say the same thing. So, if, looking back, let's say you go and talk to yourself um, back on that first year. You know, what would you tell yourself? What would you do differently now? Was there one thing that really catapulted your business, sort of from you know the odd inquiry to, to getting booked? I think just being on because back then it was before um, before social media was the way it was. So you could easily promote yourself a lot easier, get yourself a, re- a lot of reach. Much organic reach, especially back then, uh, quicker and easier. But I wasn't doing a lot of promoting or marketing myself. So I think if I look back on it now, I would try to maybe do more of the social media side and blogging constantly more. Okay. I think blogging side of it, we're gonna, especially in 2014, I think <laughs> you know you get there's a you, you you get reach to your audience. Yeah. So what about now? Like, if someone's coming in now, would you recommend that they blog every wedding and then they share those blogs? Or are you talking about different kind of social media posts? Because, you know, do, do you need to go in with an offer or, or are you just trying to have people see your work? It's a different landscape now. It's definitely a different landscape with everything like blogging and social media. It's, it's changed so much that they keep changing it that you don't know where you, you, you're going to go, like, what to do next. Especially the blogging, no one seems to. Does people read blogs anymore? <laughs> the only people, the only the way I look at it, blogs is like read blogs is like you've just written this completely for Google, and a lot of the time people have just or a lot of the time it's just SEO written blogs, and the trouble is, like it's kind of that's where it's come to that you're actually doing a lot of things for these programs and software to get you. It doesn't come yeah, natural anymore. Yeah, but that's a to me that's a. <coughs> That's a total waste of time. If I if I land on a blog that I was interested in because I googled something and, yeah. and and Google sent me to that page and I see it's written for for Google, yeah. I'm going to bounce back off it. That's and go the, the thing. Next yeah, thing. I mean, majority of time that you know I look at some of the blog, these blogs it's written like that, but there's a few that just kind of happen to readable, but they're not. If you search them on Google, they will come up. You, they'll come up on your Facebook page or you know Instagram. Then you read it and think, oh, this isn't written. For Google, for, it's written for Google, or it isn't. It isn't written for Google, right. so that's. I think the more natural kind of things are. It's hard to be natural, I guess, nowadays. 
Because you're trying to try optimise for yeah. SEO at the same time. Yeah, you're trying to have this in the back of your mind. Because I just want, if I blog, if I write, I just write how I speak and stuff. And then, but then you have to play the game, don't you? A li- <laughs> yeah, a little bit, I guess. But so, in your case, if you write a blog, the way you speak, are your clients or your are your clients reading your blogs? Do you yeah. know that? Yeah, oh, they are. A lot of the times, my clients, I've marketed myself to a certain type of people who are like kind of me like same thing so when they find me they go on my blog that's my personality so they would they would obviously I, would, I just cater for them I right. don't cater for the people who you know who who are uh, I don't cater for the good SEO and stuff like that so if someone does find me that's me <laughs> right and well that's obviously working because you said you've been this has been your busiest year yeah yet. it's my busiest year yet so but it's my coming to my fourth year I could have Sped it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. What, what, by taking that natural writing approach earlier? Yeah. I could have done a lot more work. I could have done a lot more kind of work within the business, but it's been a really slow progress. What, hang on. What's your wife going to say when she hears this? <laughs> I could have been doing heaps more. I could have you know, no, she's been really, uh, she's been really supportive. I think she knew that, she knew that it was going to be, because life just takes over having a young family and sure. things like that. It could have been, yeah, I could have worked a lot more harder than I should have done, but things happen sure you know and uh, <clears throat> yeah I just got to a stage now where I'm thinking oh my god I'm going to have um, to outsource my editing that's what I'm thinking for next you year that busy? next year well this this year it's been so like busy for me for the editing wise um, that I'm maybe looking for next year to kind of outsource that side of the business and, um, yeah so are you 100% weddings 100% weddings now. Fantastic. Okay, so, so just quickly back with the blogs, your clients, they're reading them, they're finding you, they're, they're connecting with you because your personality is shining through. How, how are they finding your blog posts? They're finding blog posts. Well, generally someone will find me on, um, through um, Facebook or Instagram. Actually, the majority of my clients now from Instagram and then they would go on my website. That's how it okay. generally works. All right, yeah. how, how, what are you doing on Instagram for them to find you? I'm just putting up photos that I like not necessarily what yeah. potential clients might like okay so you, you're putting up the stuff that you want to be shooting in the future yeah and, and that's what I've been doing for the last year or so just putting stuff that I want to shoot okay but what about the you know the captions and the hashtags and location tagging are you doing all that um, I'm doing yeah I'm doing the location tagging and a lot of the hashtagging is kind of I've always used the same it's pretty hard with um, it's really hard with hashtagging because you get to it there's a you can't use the same hashtags because again it's um this is um instagram's new algorithm is you they're very kind of they're very good at trying to catch you out right <laughs> with new kind of so you're not just copy and pasting <coughs> when you copy and paste you have to differentiate what you're going to do with a hashtag so if you copy and paste you'll see a kind of a little dip uh, if you copy and paste your hashtags yeah, in every post time, in every post right because yeah. that's what a lot of people do yeah that's a lot of people do okay. if you change it up so you, if you have the same hashtag in every post make sure you put something different from the beginning and the end oh, okay so it looks so a you, different you hide the hide the, hide the hashtag within the so if you have Bristol wedding photographer you don't want you want to have that in every yeah, post I'll put it in between you'll mix it up I'll mix it up a bit and that makes a difference it makes a little bit of difference okay and so with your location tagging are you is it always the location that the photo is taken or are you strategically picking locations that you want to be working at so um I tend to um yeah I, I actually put the location I want to work at so generally if I if I shot a wedding 
in Devon, I'll still put South Wales wedding photographer. Right, okay. Because that's, <laughs> we, that's the people yeah. trying to attract. But then uh, on the location, I'll have the location anyway on the Instagram posts of where you shot that. Okay. So that'll All come right. up anyway. Right, but you want to be searchable yeah. and, and findable mm. for Bristol. And what I found, this has worked for me, that I have to post between half past 11 and half past 12 at night. It's a better... I at get a night? Better, yeah, a better for a better... I get better um, reach than if I post during the daytime. I've tried it so many times. If I post in the morning, I'll get, you know, hardly anything. But if I post between those hours, every, every you know, I get much more reach. Right. And wow. it's really... I just don't, I don't understand how, I, how it happens. It's just every time I post around that time, I seem to get more reach. And it's due to maybe, I'm thinking there's a lot of, a lot of the American markets are up. But how are they helping you if they're in America and you're in Wales? Exactly, but that's I mean. That's why I look back at it and thinking the reach and the likes doesn't correlate to how my brides. Do you know? It's a, it's yeah, a weird yeah. thing where, like, even though I'm getting these likes, okay. at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No, because you're getting engagement <coughs> early. Yeah. So good. So Instagram shows your photo to, like to more America. people. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, it's going to keep like showing it if they like yeah. it. Yeah, and, and then, and then in the morning, the people in England wake up. So they'll see it. <coughs> so, Got but it. then I kind of stop correlating the likes to it being doing well. Right. So okay. So I you just, you don't count the likes. You don't. I'm not really not anymore. Really. Okay. But I, let's say if if I do during that time, you get more. If you if you are into the likes, post at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but um, it's yeah. I get a lot of inquiries. Like probably about thirty percent now. From Instagram. From Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And just just with the hashtags again, Lionel. If you go to use say Bristol wedding photographer and let's say there's uh, a million posts yeah. will you then find something else because you're going to get so lost in that hashtag well if you clicked on the Bristol wedding photographer yeah and let's say there's a, there's a hundred a million different posts you know, how, you know when you yeah. go to put your hashtag it says how many times it's been used yeah. if it's been used a million times yeah, does, oh, does yeah. that mean you're just going to disappear quickly in that um, feed luckily the Bristol wedding photographer's not loads so you, it's still you're still if you post you'll still be there for a few couple of days okay so yeah, okay, so what about wedding <coughs> photographer wedding I don't so you wouldn't I don't, use that I don't I've, no, I've, I don't think I've used wedding photographer okay hashtag that, that's the that's, that's right. like putting photography on yeah there. right so you've got to be more specific <coughs> with your hashtags yeah. and, and what about are you actually then tagging people in the actual on the image and you can tag yeah not not at the moment I don't think I don't think that does that kind of... It only, it only alerts the person that you tag. Yeah, it just only alerts, doesn't it? That's right. It doesn't show to their audience. No, no, no. Yeah. Just, just lets them know that so, you post and they might yeah. re, repost yeah. it possibly if it applies to them. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then lastly with Instagram, are you using Instagram stories? Um, I try to, and um, it's again, it's finding the time to do it, but I've seen uh, some other people use it really effectively and I've seen through the podcast that... You know, some people do use it to a really effective way. Uh, the trouble with stories, I don't want to keep posting it where it's just a constant post where people aren't going to. I've, I've seen stories where it's like, you know, it's just the same thing that they're just doing. <coughs> yeah. It has to be kind of. I like the stories where it's behind the scenes, but a bit more kind of what they're doing in their normal life. So will you, will you do those? Will you record those? I might do. Oh, so you're not doing them yet? Not yet. Okay, so you're, having, so you're having yeah. success with a pretty basic approach. Like, you know, yeah. you're not, it's not super high tech. No. What are you posting once a day? I post, uh, 
I post three times a week. Okay. Yeah. And do you have a so- uh, software program that's doing that automatically? I did, but then I've, uh, again, I realized that that was, um, that was affecting, you know, the Your reach. reach. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why I was doing it, so okay. I just manually post it. Okay. But three times a week, it's not too much time to do that. No. Okay. And sometimes I'm awake at half past 11 at night. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and just lastly then, <clears throat> And I think I've said that twice now. <laughs> how how do you measure the effectiveness of a particular post, or don't you? Um, I kind of cut the comments. Right. Yeah. So you're looking for comments. I'm looking for comments from potential uh, brides. From just comments generally that are real comments. <clears throat> the, the potential brides also they would follow. Yeah. When you get a new follow, you obviously know what type of person so you click on them yeah if check them out if it looks like it might be potential by you it usually says their location and it usually says private right okay <laughs> like, okay they're a proper person so and then do you do you request to follow them uh, no I don't so they just okay you let them follow you you don't chase them, them up yeah, okay. yeah I don't chase them up but then uh, then what would happen is they'll follow me on my Facebook as well business yeah and is that what you've linked to in your in, yeah well no it's actually linked to my website so they they'd have they would effectively have to go to my website then okay then through my website to my Facebook so they're going from your Instagram description to your to website, website then to Facebook, then Facebook. Okay, so yeah. then you know they really are then they're like okay that's a proper person because they've just right found me through Facebook and they were first like me through Instagram okay and then uh, what would happen is I might get an inquiry a couple of days after that Fantastic. And that's usually how it usually works with my inquiries. So good. So what what if that person that followed you on Instagram and started liking some photos or even commented, uh, if you went to their feed and they weren't private, would you follow them or are you just having a look? I'll have a look. Are you liking any of their photos or no, commenting? No. Nothing? That's just standing, standing back a little bit. Is that creepy? Bit, yeah. To me, that's just like some random person just, you know. But, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll but, but it's not really random because if they've liked your yeah. stuff or commented yeah. and even followed you yeah. I mean you're just showing yeah. interest back yeah showing interest yeah I mean yeah it depends it depends on what type of picture <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. That's, I, I totally understand that's awesome um, but um, well, that was another thing actually with um, with Instagram you have to you, you, you can't just kind of you can't just go on it and expect it to work for you without actually spending some time on it so during that time when I'm in Instagram I'll go on other people's posts and like and comment actively I spend about 15 to 20 minutes go through some posts and comment on people's photos so not potential clients but potential so, so who just other just other photographers okay. in the area or just so you think Instagram vendors. sees that so yeah that you're active yeah especially if you if you if you go on the local vendors and start and just start you know having conversation you, they'll see you in the comments and things they'll see your right. so potential buyers might see your comment in there the vendors comments so it takes time to have that relationship I think it's luck of anything else now you have to they, they try to make you engage in social media not just be a, a passive yeah. like if I just do this I'll get laser yeah right so they don't want you popping in and popping out they yeah. want you in there <clears throat> exactly and being like a real human yeah I mean yeah it's, like I said it's 30% of my inquiries come from Instagram but I have quite a, a high from eight, from inquiry to a booking, it's quite a high, high percentage, high percentage, high conversion rate. Just because I put myself out there, and you know what you're going to get basically. So it's not like people inquire about just general wedding photography about my prices because they'll see my photos, and you either like it or not. 
<laughs> but that's the thing like if I just put photos that I like if you like it that's fine you can cry if you don't you know there's other people Unreal. so I don't get a lot of in- I don't generally get a lot of inquiries about literally oh are you free how much do you cost I used to get a lot of them but then I'd started marketing for more kind of yeah people I want to shoot for and it generally it's like oh I love your photos go through you been through your work and all that. Unreal. you know it's generally and you know it's a proper inquiry when they spend a bit of time on their emails instead of are you free how much do you cost absolutely and I tend to then like um yeah, I just kind of stick a step back and think, do I really want to... <laughs> what, work with this person? Well, no, just I need to get more. Yeah. I need to get more information out of them. So Before you can... Yeah, yeah, okay. I need so. to get more information, really. Yeah. I don't know, this has been fantastic. Where where can we see your Instagram feed? How do we find you? Um, Instagram is instagram.com um, at still the day photo. Steal the day. Yeah, steal the day photo. And it's S-T-E-A-L. S-T-E-A-L, yeah. The day. Awesome. And your website? www.stillthedayphotography.co.uk Awesome. Thanks, Lionel. That's okay. No problem. (laughs) You've been listening to the Photo Experiment Podcast with Andrew Helmich, brought to you by PhotoBizX, the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business. To learn more, head to photobizx.com.